Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. All right, good afternoon. Happy Wednesday. My name is Josh Sorensen. I am the host for today, filling in for my friend and pastor, Ed Taylor. It's a joy to be with you. I am one of the assistant pastors here at Calvary Church. I also host Calvary Live on Fridays. Uh, and I'm sitting in the studio today, so wonderful to be with you. Let's go ahead and give out those numbers again, 303-690-3000. Give us a call, 303-690-3000. If you'd like to text us a uh, prayer request or Bible question, we've got a number of texts that have already come in, so I'm happy to try to jump on some of those as well. 720-336-0897 is the text line, 720-336-0897. Again, perhaps you're new and you're just tuning in to Calvary Live. We hear all the time from people that happen to stumble across us on the radio. It's such a joy to know that we've got new listeners tuning in. Uh, And so this show is really meant to just be a conversation with a pastor. That's the heart behind it. We uh, will be happy to help answer any Bible questions or guide you in that way, uh, pointing all of us back to what God's Word says. Uh, and so if you've got a Bible question, something that's come up in your personal devotional life, something you heard here on the radio, something perhaps you heard at church, something you've been thinking through, maybe it's not a specific Bible question, but a question on Christian living or something that's happening uh, currently that, that you would like to ask a question about, uh, happy to help. Uh, answer those questions. Also, we'd love to pray with you. It's one of the great privileges of the show that is different than many shows. And I love that uh, Calvary Live has been doing this for so many years, well before I was ever a part of Calvary Live, that you get the opportunity to call and to ask for prayer live here on the air. And, uh, and we pray. And what's wonderful is, of course, it's a privilege for myself to pray for you and for Pastor Ed and Pastor Jeff and the other pastors that uh, step onto the show here. But we've also got an army of people listening right now. We've got so many brothers and sisters all throughout uh, the United States and beyond even uh, that are going to agree around our prayer. So when we're lifting up a particular person that perhaps you are feeling heavy for, that you're wanting to pray for, maybe it's yourself. Maybe you're struggling and you could use prayer for something you're walking through. Or maybe it's a health issue or a financial issue or an addiction issue, and you just could use the body of Christ to come around you to pray for you. That is such a a privilege um, and a a wonderful part of the show, Calvary Live, is that we get to pray for you with uh, countless people. You know, as a pastor, it's a joy because I get to uh, pray with people week in and week out uh, every Sunday morning. We've also got our Saturday evening service. We've got our Wednesday service. Uh, People are calling in and coming into the church here throughout the week. And so one-on-one, it's always a joy to do that. But uh, but this is a unique opportunity where we get to pray one-on-one, but so many others are going to agree with us. And uh, what I love, too, is we will often get follow-up text messages on our text line. 
just saying, hey, I just heard you pray with so-and-so, let them know that I'm going to continue to pray, or they'll say, hey, I was where she was, and the Lord has brought me through this, or I experienced that same thing, and God has been faithful. So just love. I just I just love the body of Christ. Man, there's so much, so much beauty behind the love of Christ in each one of our lives that overflows, even to people that we don't know. Um, but they are part of the family that God has adopted us into. And it's a joy to know, man, God just gives us such a deep love for one another. Um, and, and when we pray for one another, that's one of the ways we get to demonstrate not only our love for each other, but just our dependence upon God. He invites us to come. He invites us to pray. And then wonderfully, he allows us then in that way to partner with him. And he moves his hand in the world, in our lives, through our prayers. So all of that to say, we would be happy to pray with you uh, as well during this next hour. Again, we are here every Monday through Friday from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock Mountain Standard Time coming to you from Aurora, Colorado, right outside of Denver. Uh, Our number, 303-690-3000, I'm going to go ahead and jump to our first question that came in here on the text line uh, a little bit earlier. The question is, why wasn't the rapture taught before the 1800s? Why wasn't the rapture taught before the 1800s? Now, of course, the rapture um, is the catching up of the church, uh, the snatching up of the bride of Christ that Scripture talks about. So let me say a couple things. This is a question I think more and more people are asking because I've noticed, at least on certain parts of social media, that there's this idea that the rapture was somehow invented in the 1800s uh, and uh, it was something that's more a recent doctrine and hasn't been around for a long time. Before I answer that, I will say this. Not everybody agrees that there is uh, a, a rapture of the church, but every Christian agrees, or at least should agree, on two things. Number one, both the Old Testament and Jesus promised that he will rule on the earth, and I think every Christian uh, and every denomination would agree with that. And also, I think every Christian agrees that Jesus Christ is coming again. Um, Beyond those points of agreement, there's obviously a lot of disagreement. When is the reign of Jesus? What is the nature of his reign? Um, When is he going to return? What is the world going to be like when Jesus returns? Um, These are some of the things that Christians disagree on, and I just want to say that's fine. Like, we can and should read our Bibles, study hard, think through these things the best that we can, and when we do disagree, uh, it's important that we do so with the spirit of mutual respect. Um, for me, for our church here at Calvary Church and Calvary Chapels, we believe in the premillennial, pre-tribulational understanding of what's called eschatology. That's uh, things to do with the last days or the end times. But we've got other brothers and sisters that would call themselves amillennial or postmillennial, and we love you and we respect you, and we think we understand why you believe differently than we do. But we just don't agree, and that's okay. Disagreements can be held in mutual respect. Um, they're, they're not always, unfortunately, um, but, but, but we should. So I would say this. Um, again, the question, why was the rapture of the church, and this is just an anonymous text that came in, not taught before the 1800s? Well, uh, there, I would say it, it has been. Uh, if you study church history, you'll take note of that. But in some sense, there is there's a little bit of truth to that question, and I'll, and I'll answer it this way. Um, there, 
it's true that there was not much specific interest before the 19th century in the rapture, or again, that's also known as the catching up of the church. Uh, the rapture is seen in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 17. Uh, and it is true that in the 19th century, um, a pastor theologian named John Darby, he was a, an early explainer of this idea of the catching up of the church, that that's going to happen seven years before Jesus Christ returns with the church. So the church is on the earth. Um, we believe in the imminency, the, uh, the imminent return of Jesus, that he could come back at any time. There's nothing that we're waiting for. He could come, take his bride up to heaven, um, then pour out judgment on the earth for seven years, and then uh, he will return with the church to the earth at the second coming of Jesus. Uh, so it's true that John Darby taught that in the 19th century. Then in the 20th century, the Schofield Reference Bible had a big influence in spreading this idea. But there's a difference between a doctrine being focused on and dealt with by the church and a doctrine being invented by the church. And that seems to be a message that's out there that, that in the early 1800s, uh, that John Darby invented the, the doctrine of the rapture. I would say this. This is the most important thing I probably could say this entire hour together. Uh, if it's in the Bible— it wasn't invented by those people. It was declared already by God in his word. All we care about is not the opinion of men or church tradition. Those things can be helpful, of course, but, but what's most important uh, is that if, if it's in the Bible, then it goes back to the origin of Christianity. Uh, obviously, we don't want to disregard tradition, uh, traditional church teaching on these things. We want to be thoughtful. We want to be respectful. But at the end of the day, we believe what the Bible says. And we don't interpret the Bible by democratic vote. We don't go through history and say, okay, whatever most Christians have believed throughout church history is always the right interpretation, because there would be all sorts of errors if that was the case. But when it comes to eschatology, the study of end times, most Christians throughout history, they have been amillennial or what's called postmillennial, not what, what we believe uh, the scripture teaches, which is premillennial. Most Christians throughout history have approved of other things that we wouldn't teach as well. The veneration of Mary, or infant baptism, or the institution of the state church. So in other words, it doesn't make any of those things true or right just because throughout history most Christians have believed in something. The, the, the point is we either believe in what's called sola scriptura, scripture alone, or we don't. Um, and so... All of that to say, when it comes to the, the pre-tribulational rapture, uh, key, key foundations are found scattered throughout Christian history. One of the beautiful things about studying uh, church history is it gives us a lot uh, of information. Um, I, there's, there's a great paper. I'm just going to give this to you, if, particularly if you're the one that asked this question, uh, that I think will be really helpful. You can Google it, um, and there's a link uh, to an article by a man named Thomas Ice. And he wrote this article called Why the Doctrine of the Pre-Tribulational Rapture Did Not Begin with Margaret MacDonald. They would say that Margaret MacDonald influenced Darby, who influenced Schofield, and really this doctrine's only, you know, a, a couple hundred years old. But, but he goes through um, church history and shows how in, in every century of church history, there's a focus on a particular church doctrine. When we look at 
church history, we see that God has had the church focus on specific areas of doctrine at different points. And so our understanding of many areas of biblical teaching were, were only most carefully and precisely defined after God appointed the church to focus on that doctrinal area. So the second century through fourth century, this article tells us the church focused on the doctrine of Scripture. In the fourth century, uh, the doctrine of God in the Trinity was focused on. Fifth century, the doctrine of Christ. Fifth through seventh centuries, the doctrine of man. Uh, moving forward, the doctrine of salvation, the doctrine of church. And then in the 19th and 20th centuries, there's, there just seemed to be a focus on the doctrines of last things and Christ's return. Um, so we shouldn't be surprised that as God chose to have the church focus on different areas of doctrine, that the last thing in Christ's return in the 19th and 20th centuries, um, as that became a focus then, that there arose a great clarity from the scriptures uh, and, a, and an un, a new understanding of the apostolic teachings. Ultimately, again, though, um, that, that the argument is not so much what did church history teach, but looking to scripture First, that's the key. Um, what does the Bible teach? And, and we always want to go back to that. So, all of that to say, you can study church history. Uh, you can read from Shepherd of, of of Hermas as early as AD ninety. He speaks of things regarding the imminency, the uh, return of Jesus. Uh, Victorinus in the late third century. Um, there, there's just there's so much in terms of church history that speaks to these things. But again, this this article, I'll say it one more time, why the doctrine of the pre-tribulational rapture did not begin with Margaret McDonald by Thomas Ice. And I would try to read you the whole website here, but, but it's a long one. But make sure you, you uh, Google that, check that out. I think Thomas Ice is a great resource for you on some of these things as well. Uh, so with that being said, we're going to go ahead and take our first phone call here. Let me give out the number one more time. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Bible question, prayer request, something that you're walking through that we can uh, come alongside you in prayer or perhaps help give some clarity to from God's Word. 303-690-3000. If you'd like to text us, again, this text line is a prayer line that's available to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Uh, but during the show for the hour, we open up this text line for questions as well. Sometimes we can get to them. Uh, sometimes we can't, unfortunately. But that text line is 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897. And, and if uh, we don't get to your question on the air here, we absolutely will get to your prayer request and we will pray for you and we'll pass that prayer request down a prayer chain, a couple of prayer chains actually. A group of different people will pray for you. So give us uh, a text if you if you would prefer that, but give us a call. I would love to have you on the air. If if you don't call, then you guys are stuck listening to me talk uh, and, and I'm happy to do that if that's, you know, we, I'm not going to just sit here. Um, but, uh, but we'd love to hear from you. 303-690-3000. Also, just want to say hello to Eileen. She is our producer today and she is in the house. She will be helping uh, with some of these phone calls and helping to process uh, th these before they come on the air. So thank you, Eileen, for being here with us. Such a blessing. Uh, we're going to take our first phone call here. Tammy calling from Fort Collins. Hi, Tammy. How are you today? Tammy, are you there? All right. Looks like perhaps we either... Let me let me uh, try it one more time. Eileen, if you want to check and see if maybe she's still there... Um, didn't didn't hear anything yet, Tammy. If you're listening and somehow we got disconnected, uh, feel free to give us a call back uh, if that's helpful. 
Uh, let me just uh, go ahead and say that Calvary Live, the radio show that you're listening to, uh, again, Pastor Jeff Figs is typically here Mondays and Tuesdays. I love Pastor Jeff, so uh, tune in, listen to him. He's a great pastor, just such a good man. I, I really appreciated getting to know him a little bit. Uh, and then Pastor Ed Taylor, of course, my pastor, uh, is here on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and then I am typically here on Fridays. But Calvary Live is coming to you on 88 stations uh, in 26 different states every Monday through Friday from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. So there are people beyond Colorado where we're broadcasting from that are tuning in right now. So we'd love to hear from you guys uh, wherever you are listening. We're going to try Tammy again here uh, from Fort Collins. Hi, Tammy. All right. Maybe we're having a technical issue here. Tammy, are you there? Okay, not getting anything from Tammy. So sorry, Tammy. Uh, let me go ahead and uh, read the message here. We, okay, we're going to try one more time. I'm hearing. How about now, Tammy? Are you there? I'm here now. Okay, we got you. All right. <laughs> Good. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Miracles <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> not stressful at all, right? <laughs> gotta love. Gotta love technology. Gotta love all of our friends today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, Tammy, thanks for calling. How can we help you? So I am looking for a a miracle prayer push, I guess. I don't know how to word this. Um, So um, I, we, me and my daughter have been through a lot of ups and downs. Her her daddy passed away before she was born. um, And life has just never been correct or proper. And I've done all the right, I felt like I was doing all the right things, but I did make a lot of bad decisions in other areas. Um, and we are hoping to get news on um, a little home that I would like to buy. And um, I just kind of, we really need a solid place to be. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just asking for some prayer. And it's always been very powerful yeah. to call the station and have it, uh, everybody pray together for for whatever I've needed. And it's always um, been very good and very, very, very very, very beneficial. So um, I just am asking for prayers for this um, this home deal to come through and um, prayers for my daughter and her future schooling and um, prayers for my my spiritual life to come back together um, with, a, with a solid job so I can actually make time for church. Sure, absolutely. So it's a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you for calling. It's a it's a privilege to pray for one another. I, I know when I'm in seasons of just desperation and need, there's no greater joy than to have people that I know and trust pray for me. So uh, I would say, you know, just it is a joy and an honor for us to pray for you today. So let's let's take this to the Lord and, and ask him to, to step in and intervene. Thank you. So, Lord, thank you for Tammy. Lord, you see her and know her from the beginning to the end. Lord, your word is so good. You say that you're the author and the finisher of our faith, God, that you are the Alpha and the Omega. Also, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as we read your word, and we see your compassion and your um, love and affection for your children, Lord, your tenderness towards us, we know that you haven't changed, that that is the same God that we seek now in this moment. And that, Jesus, you said uh, that you before you went to the cross, you leave a peace with us that you give to us. It's not a peace that the world gives. Um, And so you say to us, 
not to let our hearts be troubled, not to be afraid, Lord. I think of Deuteronomy 31 there. It says, the Lord himself goes before us, will be with us. He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And so, Lord, I just pray that Tammy would truly in this moment sense your presence with her, your promise, God, that you won't, you're not going to forsake her, that you're not going to leave her, that you haven't brought her this far just to frustrate her or to abandon her, Lord, but that you're at work and you are moving. And as she's leaning in to trust you and to bring these prayer requests before you, God, you say in your word that when we ask, uh, it will be given. When we seek, we will find. When we knock, the door will be open to us, Lord. And so you do give us this privilege of prayer, and you move through prayer, and you respond to our prayer. You say that you incline your ear towards us. What a joy to know the God of all the universe is hearing our prayer right now in this moment. So Tammy, Lord, and her precious daughter, we just pray, Lord, that the home detail, a place for them to land, to have some security there, Lord, a place that they can call their own. We pray that that would come through uh, and that, Lord, it would just be a gift from you, that they would know it's a gift from you, that they'd rejoice in that gift and praise you for that gift and tell others about how good you've been to them by providing this home. We just pray, Lord, that the the right home, perhaps it's the one that they're currently looking at, Lord, would would come at the right moment and just that you would um, be, be evident, Lord, in their lives through this gift. Uh, of course, Lord, we also want to pray for her daughter as she returns to school, that you'd be with her daughter, that you'd walk with her daughter, that her daughter would know in the same way your presence with her, uh, your peace with her, um, that she doesn't need to be afraid, even though her and her mom have walked through a lot together, uh, but that you will show yourself again to be powerful on both of their behalf, Lord. And then for Tammy, we just want to pray as well for uh, her job that you would allow her to find something that would not only be a way of providing, of course, but also with a schedule that she'd be able to go to church, Lord, consistently find a fellowship of other believers that work wouldn't interfere with so that she can um, be a part of um, the, the the work that you do in a local church where not only are we ministered to and we we are blessed and we're prayed for, and uh, yet we get the opportunity to take the gifts that you've given us to pour into others as well. So thank you for Tammy. Thank you for her daughter. Thank you for their faith, Lord, uh, in you, trusting you even through some difficulties. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father, and thank you, Pastor, for praying for us, and I really appreciate that so much. You're so welcome, Tammy. Thank you, and, and continue to reach out to us. If we've if we've prayed for you and God's been moving, we'd, we'd love to pray for you again. So thank you for reaching out today. Thank you so much. You have a great afternoon. All right. You too, Tammy. God bless you. Thank you. So good. And again, those of you guys that are listening, be praying for Tammy. Be praying for her daughter as you think of her throughout the week. Uh, perhaps some of you listening are hearing her and you're saying, man, I, I've, I've walked through some of that myself. Um, and so we certainly want to pray for, for Tammy and continue to lift her up. Uh, we did get a, a lady that called. Um, and uh, the, Vicky from Littleton, uh, and she was looking, uh, had a question, it sounds like, or actually it looks like it's a prayer request. Um, her granddaughter is interested, and I think this is something that a lot of people could probably resonate with. Uh, her granddaughter's wanting to dress up as a demonic dead doll for Halloween. Uh, and so she's just asking for prayer. Uh, great prayer request, especially as, as we are moving into the Halloween season. I think that 
you know, grandparents, parents, uh, obviously parents, it's our responsibility to, um, to make sure that we are raising our children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So those things are important. We need to talk about Halloween and why we do or don't celebrate it and where the lines are that we, we, we draw. Um, but, I, but I will say that grandparents, so Vicki, if you're listening, your prayer is incredibly powerful in the life of your granddaughter, your influence in her life. I, the, the older I get, and I am not a grandparent, but the older I get, the more I am just hearing story after story of how much a grandfather or a grandmother uh, has, has, has impact on their grandchildren in a unique, different way than even their parents do. Uh, they're not there necessarily to raise their children. They've done that already, but they're there to pray for their children, to help influence, to speak into their lives. And so uh, prayer is powerful. And if it was my granddaughter and my granddaughter would wanted to dress up as a dead demonic doll for Halloween, I would certainly try to have a conversation, but I would bring that before the Lord and just say, Lord, you understand what's going on in my granddaughter's heart, why she's even being drawn to this. Certainly the culture, certainly so much of what she's probably seeing on social media and those things, but um, but God, you're the one that can change her heart. Help her to see you in, in such a way uh, that she wants nothing to do with darkness and demonic activity and death, but rather light and life and all the things that you are. So Jesus, we just lift up Vicky's granddaughter. Thank you that Vicky would call asking for prayer. Uh, Lord, just wanting to lift up her, her precious granddaughter. And so we pray, Lord, that uh, her granddaughter would, would have a, a change of heart and mind and not want to go out celebrating the, the acts of darkness, as Paul talks about, Lord, uh, anything demonic, death, all of those things, Lord. Just so much is happening right now in the world when it comes to real death, Lord, that we don't want to celebrate it and we don't want to glorify it. God, we, we want to have our hearts turned to the creator of life um, and the one who says that you are the light of the world and we are the light of the world, Lord, um, because of you. And uh, so we just pray that her, her daughter would have a change of heart and mind, and that you would, beyond that, Lord, just beyond one night of dressing up, that you would do a deeper work in in Vicky's granddaughter's heart to want to um, um, draw her close to you, that you would become so beautiful and you would become so glorious in her life that she wouldn't even be have a second thought about wanting to go down any other road but but being drawn to you and walking with you. So uh, give, uh, give Vicky's... Uh, children, uh, Lord, her granddaughter's parents, wisdom. I don't know if they're believers or not, Lord. If they're not, just uh, move in that family, Lord. Save that family. But let Vicky know that her prayers are powerful, that she's heard by you, um, that prayer changes things. That's why we invite people to pray, Lord. That's why you give us uh, the ability to partner with you through prayer, and you move powerfully through our prayers. So we believe that uh, as Vicky's praying for her granddaughter, both for this, but also moving forward, Lord. Lots of prayer, no doubt, uh, coming as well. So so we put these things before you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, Vicki. Sorry we couldn't get you on the air here, but appreciate you uh, you calling in with that prayer request. Uh, we are going to take a break in a minute here, but let me give out the number one more time, 303-690-3000. Give us a call. Love to hear from you. Love to pray with you. Love to answer any questions that are on your heart today, 303-690-3000. Text line 720 
720-336-0897. We have a question about Israel, so I'll make sure we get to that question coming up after the break as well as we see what's happening right now uh, with Israel and Gaza. And we as a church have have had a lot of conversations. Our hearts, of course, are heavy. Uh, Scripture um, tells us to pray for the peace of Israel. Of course, there's all those precious people in Gaza that uh, are also caught up in the middle of this that we want to pray for. Um, We know God's heart is for everybody uh, to come to know him. And so certainly we will pray for Israel. We'll pray for those people in Gaza. And uh, and I'll, I'll add a couple of, of comments, uh, particularly from a friend of mine, why, why Israel is important. That's just a, a good question to be considering in, in these days and age with everything that's going on in the news right now. So again, our number, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. We've got a couple lines open, so give us a call for the second half of our show, 303-690-3000, text line 720-336-0897. With that being said, we'll be back with you guys right after the break here. You're listening to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to be with you guys today. My name is Josh Sorensen. I'm one of the assistant pastors here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, and also the host of Calvary Live on Fridays, filling in today for Pastor Ed, uh, and just so thankful to be here with you. Let's go ahead and shout out just some of you guys that are listening. We want to make sure that uh, we get an opportunity to just thank you guys for tuning in from all over the place. Of course, those of you listening right now on the Grace FM radio network, we've got two stations in Colorado, one up into uh, southern Wyoming as well. Uh, Our two stations, 101.7, so Southern Colorado, those of you listening to us in Colorado Springs or Pueblo or Fountain. Then, of course, uh, here, uh, the studios in uh, Northern Colorado, 89.7 from the suburbs of Denver. Again, all the way up through the Front Range, Longmont, Boulder, Greeley into Southern Wyoming. So thank you guys for the Grace FM listeners and those of you that listen faithfully from Calvary Church here as well, my church family. So appreciate you guys. Uh, We also want to welcome all of you that are listening throughout uh, the nation right now on the Radio by Grace Network. Uh, And the Radio by Grace Network is, at this point, 73 different stations throughout the states. And we are so glad you guys are part of the Calvary Live family. Uh, Those listening a week delayed that we'll get this next Wednesday. But nonetheless, you're welcome to give us a call. Welcome to call in with questions or prayer requests. You are listening on Hope FM. Truth FM and Higher Rock on the East Coast are up into Idaho. Uh, so wherever you guys are at, we are just so thankful that you guys are tuning in and a part of this. Um, and of course, we've got uh, Living Water Radio in Corpus Christi, Texas as well. Just so thankful to have all of you tuning in and listening. Uh, and so we're going to go ahead and go back to the lines here. Let me give out the number one more time. Uh, give us a call if you've got a prayer request or a Bible question. I've also got a question coming up here on Israel and another question on 
demonic possession, uh, both coming in from our text line. So we'll do our best to get to those. But our number, give us a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Our text line, of course, is 720-336-0897. But we'd love to hear from you live on the air, 303-690-3000. We're going to go to Juan E calling from Strasbourg. Hi there. How are you today? I'm fine, Pastor. Thank you so much for taking my call. You're so welcome. Um, we have a we we don't have big churches in the corridor. I mean, where I live, out in the Eastern Plains, and there's a, a very active church called Journey Church um, in Strasbourg, and their pastor, Pastor um, Dusty Morris. Early in September, he had a tumor removed from his sinus cavity near his nose. And after biopsy, it was discovered that the tumor was a very, very rare form of cancer. Um, this, this whole week, he's had, you know, some kind of a radiation. He's had PET scans, MRIs, you name it. And tomorrow, the surgery is scheduled they're going to have to cut this time and go in and very gently take tissue, cancerous tissue away, biopsy it to make sure they got it all and keep doing it. And if they need to, they're actually going to have to go into the bone, but they have a plastic surgeon standing by. So it's a very faithful con- you know, congregation. Pastor Dusty loves the Lord, is true to the Word of God. Um, actually, my son is the... Um, youth pastor slash worship pastor at the church, too. So the congregation is going through, you know, tenseness, um, anxiety. So just prayer for the congregation, Journey Church, and Pastor Dusty, please. Absolutely. Yes, we will. Lord, we thank you for this precious church, Lord, your people uh, there in the Strasbourg area, Lord, for Journey Church, and particularly for Pastor Dusty, Lord. I uh, Just from hearing Wani sharing, it sounds like he's just such a wonderful pastor, a gifted man, um, a, a faithful shepherd, Lord, uh, and we want to just bring him before you. It's hard to see any of our pastors going through difficulty, and particularly to have to um, have a tumor removed, find out that the tumor's cancerous, now going back in uh, to remove all of that, Lord, near his sinuses. We just want to pray, Father, for a intervention from you. We know, God, you you choose to heal in a number of different ways, um, and so your will be done in how you choose to do that. We know that you supernaturally, I've seen you do this, Lord, remove cancer cells out of a body where they're no longer there, tumors where, where there was one and now there's not, Lord. You, you are able to do that. Um, and, and I've even heard as the the surgeons go in that there's nothing there to do because it's it's gone. So we would love, Lord, for you to heal him supernaturally. We certainly yeah. know, Lord, that you as well, you do use the doctors and surgery and, and medication, Lord, um, the common grace that you have given to humankind to be able to even come up with the science behind all of this, Lord, to to help uh, help those that are in need with cancer and other diseases. We're thankful for that. We're thankful for doctors, Lord. We're thankful for medication and, and the things that help extend lives uh, of our loved ones. So however you choose, Lord, um, would you please heal and touch Pastor Dusty, Lord? Would you encourage his church, strengthen them as they rally around him to pray for him, particularly, Lord, as he goes in tomorrow? Um, and 
as well as those of us that are listening, Lord. If it was our pastor, no doubt we would want to know other people throughout the nation, even throughout the world, would be coming around our church to pray for our pastor. Uh, and so we just uh, agree together, Lord, that you would um, see this cancer once and forever removed, Lord, from Pastor Dusty, that he would make it through the surgery with no complications, that you would guide the, the skilled hands of the doctors, Lord, uh, and use all of this, Lord, uh, as you so faithfully do, to be a an opportunity for Journey Church, for Pastor Dusty, for his family, Lord, just to present to those that don't know you what it is to have a relationship with a God that we trust, even in these moments of our lives that are difficult, with a God that we know loves us even when things come into our lives that are are, are scary, Lord, that are difficult, um, to see a church come around their pastor and just celebrate the goodness of God, again, in the middle of something that's not good, Um because your character doesn't change. We know who you are, and we just want to represent that. And I know Journey Church would love to see people come to know Jesus as a result of this. And you've done that, and you do that, and you're in the business of saving people. So would you do that, Lord, with the doctors and the nurses and all those that are the anesthesiologists, all those that are going to be around Pastor uh, Dusty tomorrow? Just give his hospital room, his family, just a sense of your peace and your presence, Lord, uh, that there would be something unique. And again, God, that you would encourage the church, keep them on their knees, faithfully praying for their pastor. Thank you for one knee, Lord, reaching out today, wanting to pray. And so we just put these things before you, and we pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Josh. And you and I actually met at the Refresh Conference. Wonderful. Um, Great. Yes, we were, you were walking, I was walking down, you were walking up, and I said, where's your name tag? That's right. I do know who you are. Yes, you called me out on my sin of not wearing my name tag. So I repented, I went back, I put it on after we had that conversation. I, I, I noticed. So anyway, thank you so much, and thank I just am so appreciative of this whole ministry. So God bless you, my dear wife. Oh, thank you so much. Blessings to you and to Journey Church as well. God bless you guys. Thanks. It's so great, so wonderful being able to meet people <laughs> that listen on the show or vice versa, uh, to, to talk to somebody and then realize they're the ones calling on the show as well. So uh, great, great question. All right, couple, a couple things that came in. We want to just answer one quick question here. Uh, somebody texted in, a, they're, on, uh, they're currently in a study on the book of Mark, great book of the Bible. I love the book of Mark. Uh, and we've been wondering about demon possession. How common was it when Jesus was casting out demons? Was that something that was common? How common is it today, demon possession? So great question, um, and a question that uh, when you start to look at the Gospels and you see all the demon possession taking place, you wonder, man, is there is some of that happening still today? And so the answer was, it was, it was common, certainly in Jesus's day. I think it probably was, uh, there was an uptick in demonic activity because Jesus was on the scene. Jesus was the Messiah. He came to rule and to reign and to save mankind from their sin. And the powers of darkness and our enemy hated that. And so no doubt there was, there was a, a great resistance uh, to the life and the ministry of Jesus. So the, no doubt was an uptick. But we have seen and continue to see demonic possession throughout church history, 
today. You might be thinking, well, I've been to church. I've, I've been, you know, alive for so many years. I've never seen anything. One, one conversation I had a couple of years ago with a, a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor John Chubik, a missions pastor from Costa Mesa, California. Uh, he just sat down one day, one afternoon, we were at a picnic and started telling me uh, he, he's in contact with, with hundreds, literally hundreds of missionaries. And outside of America and our Western culture here, um, demonic activity is much more prevalent and much more known. It's not that it doesn't happen here, but it's seen, it's felt in other countries. Um, and, and he was referencing some stories from Africa and, and the Middle East and different places where it's it's almost just a given. It's not even a question of are is there demonic possession, but um, but he's seen it. He's uh, experienced it. It's very real. Uh, His message is still to us that, hey, no, it is happening just because we might not see it. But I remember having that conversation with Pastor John, and it was around that time that there were two different instances where somebody came onto the property of of the church um, that claimed to be and, and it appeared uh, to that they themselves were demon possessed and a number of us pastors got around them and we prayed for them and uh, seemed to to, to um, have some deliverance in, in those two particular situations but we do know again as I mentioned before all of our questions need to go back to the Bible so I really appreciate your question as you're studying through the book of Mark thinking about these things. Uh, we do know that the Bible says demons can and do possess those that don't belong to Christ. And scripture gives examples of people being possessed by demons. Um, we can we can see uh, in some passages that demon possession causes physical ailments. So in Matthew and in Mark, you see some people have the in, uh, inability to speak, uh, epileptic sy- symptoms, blindness even. In other cases, the demon causes the individual to do evil. Uh, tells us that Judas is an example of that in Scripture, uh, Acts 16. Uh, we see the Spirit uh, in Acts 16 apparently gave a slave girl there the ability to know some things beyond her own understanding or learning. It was a spirit of divination. Um, there was the Gadarenes uh, demoniac there who was possessed by a multitude of demons, and it appeared he had superhuman strength, and he cut himself, and he w- walked around naked. He lived among the tombstones. Mark chapter 5 tells us that. We know King Saul, after rebelling against the Lord, was troubled by an evil spirit. First Samuel 16 tells us, with the apparent effect of a melancholy or depressed mood and an increased desire and readiness to kill David, who was God's next anointed king of Israel. So absolutely, we read about it in scripture. Absolutely, it's still happening today. You and I, though, as believers, can be greatly encouraged to know that it's impossible for a Christian to be possessed by a demon. The believer is indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, He lives in us, resides in our hearts the moment we give our lives to Jesus. We see that in 2 Corinthians 1.22. The description of a possessing demon uh, is unclean or uh, or evil in the Greek, uh, making it impossible then for the Holy Spirit to share his dwelling with, with with another spirit that would be evil or unclean. You can't have the Holy Spirit with something unholy. Uh, and for those who don't have the Holy Spirit, um, that you know, no amount of cleaning yourself up or going to church or playing religious games will prevent a demon from possessing or influencing them. Uh, Jesus made that clear in Matthew twelve forty three. So, so yes, the answer to your question is yes. It still continues, um, 
However, because a Christian can't be demon-possessed, that's not to be confused with influence. Um, the apostle Peter is an illustration of a believer who is influenced by the devil, Matthew sixteen twenty three, And that can occur especially when we're not mature in the faith, we're not sufficiently involved in spiritual disciplines of regular study of scripture and prayer. Um, so there can be demon oppression in the life of a believer, but not possession. Uh, and lastly, just a word to the wise, some people develop an unhealthy fascination with demonic activity or with the occult. And I would just discourage you if for some reason your heart and your mind is bent towards that dark side of things. Because if we pursue God with our lives, if we're clothing ourselves with his armor, if we're relying upon his strength, then we have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear at all from the evil one. Uh, God rules over us. We are in Christ. He is in us. We have nothing to fear. First John 4, 4, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So wonderful uh, opportunity there to just think about those things, but also to know and to praise God and to rejoice that demons don't possess Christians. So uh, thank you for that question. I really appreciate that uh, as you're studying through the book of Mark. Blessings on your study. Great book. Uh, we used to teach that book uh, for a high school, Christian high school. Uh, I, I taught the sophomore class. Uh, every few years, we would go through the book of Mark together, and it was just an awesome time together to teach through that book and go through all of these questions that come up as we study the Bible. So thank you for the question. Uh, if you guys have any questions or prayer requests, we've got some, uh, about, looks like 13, 14 minutes left of the show. We'd love to hear from you. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Uh, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Love to pray with you. We'd love to answer any questions that you may have. 303-690-3000. Again, our text line is also open and available, and we see you guys texting in there as well. Uh, 720-336-0897. Uh, question about why we stand with Israel. Why we stand with Israel. As you see what's happening right now in the news and uh, what's happening in the Middle East. Uh, Hamas uh, terrorizing the nation of Israel. Israel now defending itself. Um, there's a lot going on. It's heavy. Uh, we're told to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We will continue, no doubt, to do that. Um, but but there's a, a, a friend of mine, a pastor from New York City, that wrote just a couple of thoughts about why uh, he wholeheartedly stands with Israel. And I like this, and I figured I'd just share this with you as well. Why we stand with Israel, it's not because of dispensational eschatology, not because we're being naive, not because, because of any kind of Western imperialism. Uh, Israel's not a colonizer or an occupier or an apartheid state. Israel is the ancestral homeland of the Jewish people. And the modern state of Israel was created through the legitimate immigration of Jews in the 19th century, the Balfour Declaration in 1917, the Mandate for Palestine, and with the Declaration of Statehood, as we know, Israel became a nation again in 1948 upon the completion of, of uh, with the completed withdrawal of the British. Israel's a bastion of freedom, he writes, Western values, religious tolerance, human rights, women's rights, and civilization in the Middle East. Is Israel perfect? No, he writes, but neither am I. Do they have a right to exist? Yes. Do they have a right to defend themselves? 
Absolutely. Everywhere the Jews have gone, they've been persecuted, slaughtered, and discriminated against. The final straw was the Nazi Holocaust. They believe their only hope for long-term survival is to have their own homeland that they can defend for themselves. This pastor closes by saying, as a Gentile, I have a deep love and heartfelt gratitude for the Jewish people because I was saved by their God and their Messiah. I was lost and without hope and without God in the world. And their God, Yahweh, reached down and saved me through his son. I was a wild olive branch that was grafted into the olive tree of Israel. I was brought into the blessing of Abraham by being adopted in through Christ Jesus. And I pray for their salvation and believe that one day God will open their eyes to realize that Jesus is, in fact, their Messiah. Yahweh says he will bless those who bless Israel and curse those who curse them. Therefore, I will bless them. And just a reminder, Jesus is Jewish. (laughs) Really appreciated those thoughts from Pastor Mike there in New York City. Uh, And again, Israel, not only it was God's chosen people, but there were promises that were unconditional that were made to Israel some land promises that they will return to their land again. Uh, There was a promise that the Messiah would come and sit on the throne of David and would reign and rule in the land on on Mount Zion uh, and and peace would reign. And that's, of course, all those beautiful kingdom promises where the lion will lay down with the lamb and the plows or, or the spears will be turned into plows. And so just so many beautiful promises. Those promises have not yet been fulfilled. Um, and so some people want to take a position where the church um, takes over and replaces Israel as God's people. It's called replacement theology. And so then all of those promises in the, uh, in the Old Testament were somehow spiritually fulfilled in the church. But that's, but that's not how we read scripture. God is a faithful promiser, uh, and he is a promise keeper. And he said, we, the, the land promises, um, the national promises, all of these things. And so wonderfully, back in 1948, Israel became a nation again which is uh, an incredible fulfillment of prophecy from thousands of years ago. And of course, Israel becomes a, a cup of trembling, Scripture tells us. And we are seeing the, the, the whole eyes of the world are on a piece of real estate that is the size of New Jersey, a small little piece of real estate. Why is it such a big deal? Because it's, 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 this is part of God's prophetic timetable. Um, and so he says... That as as things begin to draw down, as we move towards the end of days, the end times, the rapture of the church, as we as we mentioned before, Israel is going to be a key player, uh, and and there's a lot of other things that are happening behind the scenes right now too, with Russia and with China, and of course Gaza, you know. And with all of this being said, I had a friend of mine reach out to me a couple of days ago and say, yes, we want to pray for the peace of Israel, but what about all the innocent people in Gaza um, that are just there, living there? Um, how, what do we do about them? How do we support them? And I would say we pray for them as well, um, because you're right. The, the Hamas does not equal Gaza. We need to remember that. The terrorist organization doesn't equal the people there. Um, and so we need to pray for Gaza. We need to pray for those precious people that were um, killed in the hospital bombing that took place yesterday, the 
family members of those that are grieving. War is, is, is just horrible, and there are grieving mothers and grieving fathers on both sides. There's a lot of tension politically. There's, there's, um, there's narratives that are out there that, that um, some people don't even know what the truth is because there's so much confusion out there. But as believers, we know that we're called to pray, that, that God so loved the world. God so loved his own people, Israel. God so loves us Gentiles, praise the Lord. God loves the people of Gaza. God loves the people of Iran and Iraq, that he gave his only son, that anybody, anybody who puts their faith and trust in Jesus won't perish, but will have everlasting life. And so we want to continue to pray for the peace of Israel. Obviously, we, again, as I just read, we want to support um, Israel and their right to defend themselves and the homeland. And it's beautiful, again, not just because of what we believe in terms of their place in eschatology, but um, their right to their land and their right to defend themselves and, and so many of the good things. But Israel's not perfect. Gaza's not perfect. America is not perfect, right? The church is not perfect. Um, and so, wonderfully, we've got a perfect. God that we 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 pray to a God that has a heart for people that he sent his own son to die for every single one of those lives that were taken in Israel for every single one of the casualties in Gaza uh, for every single mother right now who's grieving the loss of her her son or her daughter uh, for every son or daughter that's grieving the loss of their father or their mother God's heart is towards them God heart God's heart is to save them uh, and the Bible says and I love this promise that one day Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is, is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And the picture of heaven is, is beautiful because it says every tribe and every tongue from every nation is going to be gathered around the throne, which tells me that our ethnicity is going to be something that's going to be represented in heaven. So every color and every nation and every language with a sea of countless faces all standing before the throne of God in worship to him. No more sin, no more sorrow, no more tears. We'll be there worshiping the, the, the creator of the universe, the God who loves us, who sent his son to save us. What a glorious day that will be. No more warfare, no more bombing. Uh, for the fulfillment of promises, Jesus will have come and reigned on the earth in peace. So I look forward to that day. That's the day that we long for. On this side of eternity, there's death, there's destruction, there's despair, there's brokenness. Um, when we give our hearts and our lives to Jesus, he never promises an easy life. He never promises that he'll take those things away from us. Uh, he doesn't say that we're somehow exempt from the, the, the results of sin in this world. We're, we're still going to grow old. There's still going to be pain. We're, there's still going to be death. There's still going to be war. Um, and, and I wish, you know, would have loved for that to be eradicated the moment we said yes to Jesus. But he does promise us there's a day that's coming when all of that will be gone. Just imagine no more war, no more rumors of war, no more threats, no more cancers. We prayed today for a couple of people. No more divorce, uh, no, no more pain and difficulty and insecurity, no more mental health issues, no more demonic depression, uh, as we just talked about, oppression or possession. Uh, all of that will, will, will bow to Jesus, and he will reign forever and ever, and we'll stand before the throne, and we'll say he is holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come.
realm, and we're going to worship the Lamb of God, Jesus himself, around the throne, and it's going to be glorious. It's going to be glorious. And when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. We'll see Jesus face to face. We'll see our loved ones again that have gone on before us. So we put our hope and our faith and our confidence in Jesus in these days. And our eyes have to be lifted, not not to Washington, not to what the politicians are telling us, uh, not to Moscow, uh, not to Tel Aviv. Our eyes are lifted up to Jesus. He is our hope. He is the Savior of the world. He's the one that leads us and guides us and loves the world. And he loves the world through us as well. So just a couple of final thoughts as we uh, get ready to to wrap up the show here. But let's just go ahead and pray. Uh, This is a good opportunity to pray for what is happening right now. And so, Lord Jesus, we have a lot of things we could pray for when it comes to Israel. Um, But you tell us, Lord, to pray for the peace of Israel. We certainly want to do that, Lord. Would you bring peace to the Middle East right now? Would you, um, Lord, allow there to be a ceasing from uh, all that is taking place in the loss of life, Lord. We don't know how that will come or what that will look like. We certainly do know that you say in your word, Lord, that these things are going to happen, that there is going to be wars and rumors of wars. So we understand that the days that we're living, these are things that are on the timetable are are to be expected, but you still encourage us nonetheless to pray for peace, Lord. You, You are the Prince of Peace. And again, Jesus, before you went to the cross, you said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. So we want to continue to pray for peace. We pray for those, um, Lord, that don't know Jesus as their Messiah, that you would reveal yourself uh, to be the one that was promised by the prophets and and by their forefathers, Lord, by Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, by Moses, Lord, that that all of these would point to um, the, the fact that their Messiah has already come, Lord, and that they would see Jesus. We know there is coming a day when Israel's eyes, the scales will come off and they will see you as the Messiah that has been long awaited and and promised, but who has already come, Lord. And we want to pray certainly for those in Gaza, Lord, and for those Arabs that don't know you. Um, We know there are many believers on both sides, both in Israel and in Gaza, that love you, that know you. uh, And we pray that they would come to you, Jesus, those that don't know you. And for the church that are in these places, Lord, that they would um, trust you, continue to not grow weary in well-doing, but to give their heart to the gospel message right now, Lord, on that part of the world. So we put these things before you, Jesus, trusting you. We love you so dearly, Lord, for loving us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Happy Wednesday, guys. God bless you. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.